Hi, are you sick and tired of paying hundreds of dollars a month for cable or dish? GNR TV is your answer. These guys have an incredible 100% legal product that is a cord cutter's dream. For as low as $25 a month, you will get over 400 HD channels, including all major sports packages, pay-per-views, premium movies, and entertainment. To get started, all you need is a streaming device, such as an Amazon Fire Stick, internet, and a desire to save a ton of cash. No contracts, no credit checks, no hidden fees. I myself have been a subscriber, and I must say, this service is amazing. To learn more, search GNR TV on Facebook or Instagram, and I will also be posting a link on my pages to check out on my podcast website. Lastly, for first-time subscribers, use promo code SIRS30 to save $5 for your first month. GNR TV, streaming done right. Let's get slicing and dicing with Sir Sturdy Horror fans. On this podcast, you will hear me and a guest do some movie reviews, random funny horror chats, and whatever else comes to mind. So tune in, kick back, relax, and always remember, I'll see you in your nightmares. Well, just Jason's mask. How's it going, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another exciting episode of Horror Research 30. I finally got the bearded weirdo on here, and how's it going, man? Hey, you know, fantastic. I, uh, I really appreciate you letting me be on here and stuff and taking the opportunity to, to talk to me. I'm glad you came on here. We've been trying to get this together for like a year now, and we finally got it going. So <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot of cool shit that uh, I've been mentioning lately. I've been mentioning on videos and podcasts. I got a lot of cool stuff coming on. All I'm going to say is he's a huge part of it. That's as far as we're going to go with it for now until we have our whole... I'm just going to say right now, until we have our whole team together, we're a team now, and we have all six of us together, that's when we're really going to be announcing some cool stuff. But until then, enjoy what we do. And I'm just going to jump right out here and say it. You have a crazy, crazy brain as far as when it comes to horror movies. My brother wants to do a zombie movie countdown, like top ten zombie movies, and you have a shit crazy list, and you were just telling about some zombie boat show or movie? Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I grew up in watching zombie movies, um, <clears throat> and I would say probably my, uh, I guess really what got me into it, my, my dad actually let me, and which is unusual, my dad it was, it was into horror movies as well, but uh, whether he would admit it or not, it's a different story, but uh, um, when he let me stay up one night and watch Night of the Living Dead, uh, the original 1968, and that kind of started a trend with me as far as I was like, you know, zombies are awesome. Like, you know, they, you know, they're the ultimate siege monster. You know, they don't, they don't need to sleep. They don't need to eat, you know, and, uh, it's kind of, you know, kind of developed, you know, my love for zombie movies from there. And, uh, and, uh, once I expanded that palette out, you know, from, uh, breaking out the Romero side of things, um, you know, started watching some of these other, you know, the zombie films and, uh, television shows. And, uh, I think, you know, with, um, as far as the zombie culture is concerned, it's like, um, I don't know if it's oversaturated now. I mean, I, I don't know, and, you know, feel free to disagree with me on this one, but, you know, I think a lot of people feel it's, it's oversaturated, but I think that, in my opinion, it's, it's, you know, they're, they're coming up with a lot more fresher ideas. There's not as many, uh, uh, shot on video or SOV 
you know, movies out these days, which, um, you know, anybody can really do a zombie movie, but it takes a special talent to actually come up with a completely different storyline than what, you know, like just the dead just get and walk or, you know, chemical spill or whatever, you know, yeah. virus. Um, so, uh, but yeah, I've actually been recently watching uh, a movie, or I'm sorry, a show on Hulu. Um, it premieres a new episode every Friday. It's called A Zomboat. Mm-hmm. And it's a British-made comedy, so uh, if you guys like Shaun of the Dead, I really recommend checking it out. It's hilarious. Uh, it's got uh, most of the actors and actresses. I don't. I'm not familiar with them, but of course, I don't. You know, I'm not much on as far as like you know British television. So they may be they may be popular there, but uh, the the um, the dynamic with them is just fantastic. I mean, you know, they're uh, you have the the geeky nerdy girl that plays zombie games and plays, you know, Dungeons and Dragons, and she's fully aware of the zombie apocalypse and all the zombie, you know, apocalypse rules, you know, aim for the head, you know, uh, stay away from hospitals and, you know, heavily, you know, populated areas. So she's the one that's kind of running the show here. And then you have the, uh, her sister, which is the, uh, Instagram influencer, whatever they call them now, you know, the, you know the you know Instagram celebrity, and she's yeah. completely oblivious as to what's going on. Um, and then you have two British guys that are uh, one is like big into his uh, looks. You know he's working out. You know he has to have certain conditions for his skin, and he's you know and of course get blood all over his skin from killing zombies. It's just it's hilarious. I mean, like I said, if you if you really are into Shaw the Dead, it's a very it's along the same veins as Shaun of the Dead. It's a lot of goofy comedy stuff that they try to do serious things. And like, you know, uh, like one of my favorite parts of Shaun of the Dead is, uh, have you ever taken a shortcut? And he goes to like, you know, be a badass and jump over the fence and the fence falls over with him, you know, that kind of thing. So, yeah. but uh, like I said, it's on Hulu. It's, uh, it's definitely worth checking out. It comes out. There's a new episode every Friday. Um, you guys can binge watch it right now. Cause I think they have like, um, I think maybe eight episodes out right now, so okay. I recommend it. That's something I would definitely check out. I just watched, um, oh, damn it. I forgot what the name of the movie was again. It was a short film by, uh, his name is Tom Clark, and he, uh, I met him at Scarecon about three, about three weeks ago now. The price, It's called The Price of Fame. It's a YouTube short. Fun, really fun movie. I say definitely check it out, and... Their network, their network or whatever, the YouTube page is called the Flying Turkey Network, so definitely go check them out, subscribe to that, let's help them get, get going. And it's just students trying to make the, you know, trying to make horror, for, he's into horror, they love horror, and I was like, listen, I'm definitely going to check it out, I'm definitely going to back it, Any, anything that you come out with, let me know. And I told them we're going to review it when we get, you know, we'll check it, we'll all check it out, we'll all review it when we get a chance to, and I'm not going to give you, like, I'm not going to spoil it, but I'm going to say it. Fun. It was a fun film. It was a really fun film. I definitely say check it out. It's about like uh, YouTube create YouTube content creators, and I'm just gonna leave it at that because if I tell you too much, it's gonna give too much away. But it's about YouTube content creators, and it's all it has a horror aspect to it. And cinema, the cinematography was freaking amazing. I feel like the story was really good. The uh, the special effects could have been better, but. They're working on a small budget, so I respect that, and I respect how they did a lot of, like, a lot of things they did in the movie. I like how they did it, like, off-screen, and I feel like they did that because of the budget. They're like, you know what, we have to do this off-screen because we know it's not going to live up to the way we would like to, that they would like to live up to, so I respect that a lot. 
And the way it ended was awesome. Like, I, I really, what I honestly hope is they continue with this and do, like, maybe, because it was a half hour long, two, three or four, maybe two, three, four things of it. And just the way it ended, ended the same way, but with somebody new. And, again, I, I think you would enjoy it. I really do. And you'd respect what these kids are doing, with like, what they, what their idea was, what their imagination was for this. And it was a fun, fun time. I can't wait to see more from it. And it's just, I like seeing the younger generation getting into horror. And, again, this guy, I mean, he's a college student. He's a senior. But I'm 30, I'm going to be 34 years old next Monday, so. I can call him a kid. He's like twenty something. <laughs> I'm I'm at that age now. I feel old. I know I'm not old, but I feel old when I'm calling people twenty five years old kids. But again, like I like, and he's a real like he's a real nice kid too, and he's real humble. Like he, I had him, like I said, I had him on the podcast before. I met him at Scarecon, and he just emailed me the other day and was like, "Thank you so much for thank you so much for sharing my um my work on your page and sharing it on a bunch of other pages. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast." Thank you for inviting me on again. I would love to come on again, and this, that, and the third. And I'm just like, I, I like stuff like that. I like, I like that positive energy that comes from that, especially from, from anybody. But it's really cool coming from the youth, because everybody expects the youth to be, you know, disrespectful and all this stuff. And this kid's like the complete opposite of it. And he has a real passion for this stuff. Like, he's not getting into it for it. I'm not saying he doesn't want to make money off it. Don't get me wrong. But he's getting into it because he really has a passion for horror. He really enjoys horror, and he just... I can't wait to see what he's going to do next. I can't wait to see what he's going to do when he has a budget, when he has, which I asked him, he said eventually he would like to have like an Indiegogo type of thing. And I was like, when that starts, let me know. Share that in the group. And I know the people, the guys that I work with, my awesome team will definitely support that. Share it, possibly back it, this, that, and the third. And whatever we can do to help, I know we would all be there to help. As me and you were talking a few, quite a few times about back in other projects and just promoting other projects just because it's it's the right thing to do. I feel like if you enjoy it, why not say something cool about it? You know, it's it's that easy. It's that simple. And, and that's, uh, you know, it's something I think that's what's really going to breathe life into horror um, as far as, you know, with uh, not necessarily the mainstream like a lot of people think. I mean, don't get me wrong, there's some mainstream films out there that I do like, but, you know, it's, it's, it's filmmakers like him that keeps it interesting for me mm-hmm. um and they you know, they come up with fresh ideas um and sometimes not necessarily fresh ideas but they they put a new spin on it or new yeah. twist on it and um you know and and that's why i enjoy i mean and really youtube's got is a treasure trove of you know independent short films um you know shot on video stuff i mean if, you, if you're in that kind of stuff i mean i, I like the shot on video but uh, you know they do a lot of great you know, great things, and a lot of it goes buried because, you know, again, they don't have anybody that's really out there to, to promote them or say, hey, check this out. So, you know, that's one of the things we would want to do for these people is actually get their name out there. Exactly. And, you know, hopefully they'll, um, you know, they'll make something else for us mm-hmm. and make something even better than they made last time, you know. Um, and, I just, you know, it, it's, it's heartbreaking to see a lot of these great, you know, short films or even, you know, full-length feature films they have, they get swept under the rug. So, uh, and hopefully we can bring new life to that, maybe start getting some people some recognition because there's a lot of stuff that flies under the radar. There really and is. And that that's one thing, like, I mean, we're, we're still going to keep doing the reviews as far as, like, the big-name movies and all that, but I really want to start 
ramping up the um, as far as doing like the independent films, the smaller budget films, all those. I want to do that a lot more. The silly, cheesy films, all that stuff, because they don't they don't get enough light, and they deserve it. And I've said this before on the podcast. I stole this from my brother because he's originally said it, but the the um, the fan films. The independent films and all that stuff, you guys are like the backbone of the horror community. I really feel that as far as what the movies come out, because the Hollywood movies, it's just about, I'm not going to say for all of them, but a lot of the big budget Hollywood horror movies, it's just about getting butts in the seats and getting that money. It's not really about what the fans like, but you guys are actual fans of these movies, are fans of horror, so it's like a you're making these movies from a, a fan's perspective. You're not making it from like a big wig's perspective of, okay, well... Halloween's a great example. I enjoyed the latest Halloween that came out, but that that was more of like, okay, you know, I'm sure some people who are on the film or did the film are fans of the series, the franchise and all that, but it would be real... I I, I want to see you guys pretty much like the fan film people, the indie film people. I'd love to see you guys have the budget, the budget these Hollywood films make, and I bet you you would blow them out the water easily because you guys have that passion for it. You really, really appreciate and love horror. You do your homework on it. And you're not, again, I'm not saying you don't want to make money off it because I know everybody does at the end of the day. But you're doing it because you have that passion for it. You really love it. That's what wakes you up. You live and breathe it. And you're just like, I want to create this. I only have this, you know, I only have this budget. Imagine these. Just imagine these people, man. If they had like a, a fifty million dollar budget, some of the, I mean, like a ridiculous budget, like even a hundred thousand dollars, two hundred thousand dollars budget, with some of the stuff that these people do with their little, with their minimum budgets of twenty to thirty thousand dollars. I actually had somebody on sometime last year. His name is Tyree. He made a movie with his girlfriend. It was a short film. It's called The Howl, which I think everybody should check out. His budget. He shot it on a camera he had. I don't know if it was camera phone or what, but uh. The only money he spent was for uh, it was like a werewolf movie, so he he bought a werewolf mask from somewhere around where he lives, fifteen bucks. But I respect that because he wanted to do this movie. He wanted to do something in the horror. You know, he wanted to make a horror movie. He wanted to make a horror short. And instead of making up an excuse like I don't have the money to do this, I've never done this. He was just like, I'm just gonna go ahead and do it. And he went and did it. And I actually I checked it out. And it was actually pretty cool. It was actually pretty fun. It was a fun little short, and I can't wait to see what he does next. And Anybody that does these short films, full-length films, independent horror, you guys are always going to be, like, first in line when it comes to the podcast. That's actors, actresses, directors, producers, all that, because we really want to push you guys. Because we're, I mean, this is an independent podcast right here. I don't have, we don't have a backing, we don't have a network, and so we know how that is being the small guy. Yeah, and, and, like, and like I said, you know, we, you know, definitely like to see, um, I mean, of course, like, you know, I've read some great fan fiction, um, Mm-hmm. Which is something else that kind of flies under the radar is, uh, I mean, like there's a um, like Star Wars fan fiction out there, um, and a lot of people that are Star Wars fans, you know, they have like a whole other you know universe of storylines and stuff they have with fan fiction, and, and to me, it's you know, kind of with the like the um, the fan films, for instance, um, I watched a uh, uh, fan film it was Jason versus Michael Myers, and it was just fantastic. Oh, I mean, it was like a I don't know, maybe a five or ten minute clip or something of just, you know, those two, you know, beating the crap of each other. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it was like, wow, I mean, this is, you know, they, they bought masks from Trick or Treat Studios or, you know, some, you know, uh, mask making company and you know, created their uniform and, you know, wrapped it and, and just, you know, made, and made a short film and they made a fan film. It was great. I mean, it, it was, was like, what? 
it was something that more along the lines that we would want to see. You know, that's that like we, we had a Jason versus Freddy mm-hmm. uh, movie, and we've had um, you know Ash versus Evil Dead versus um, you know uh, I think it was Jason. I think I, I can't remember. It's been a while since I read comics. Yeah. But um, you know they they did a comic book series of that, but. Because I mean, in the in the Friday Thirteenth universe, it kind of touches on the fact that Jason's a deadite, um, and because they found they actually found a book of uh, the Necronomicon in one of the Jason films. Oh, so um, so you know, that, I can see where that kind of all tied in together, you know, with that. But you know, and it was I mean, the tie-in stuff is like uh, <clears throat> it's a whole other beast as well. Because like uh, there's a game that I played. Um, it's a completely independent game. The, the the people didn't ask for any money. Uh, they just made it. It's, just, it's a fan-made game. It's called Terradrome. And uh, you can get it on the PC. And I want to say they actually have uh, Xbox truck controller support for that as well. But they actually took all the horror movie icons, the tall man, Bruce Campbell's, uh, you know, Ash character, um, the uh, reanimator, uh, Herb West. Uh, they took Michael Myers, Jason, Chucky, and they put backstory twists on these things where all of them, all their stories tie in together. And like uh, basically, they're they exist in the same universe. Like, um, and basically, the main protagonist of the game is um, Pinhead and the Cenobites. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, you know they're trying to get the um, you know the, the cube and trying to I guess you know get some sort of supreme power or whatever. And the, the, the backstories they wrote on these characters was just phenomenal. Like they, you know, they had. Um, you know, Herbert West is trying to find the secret. Like, he's trying... His, his main protagonist is Jason. He's trying to figure out what what keeps him alive, what keeps him going. Mm-hmm. You know, I, he should be dead, but he's not. You know, of course, you know, Herbert West is, is obsessed with, you know, the uh, reanimation of the dead. And uh, the tall man and Pinhead are trying to do, you know, trying to get souls for their own nefarious purposes here, which isn't really to say what the tall man is or where he comes from, but... Pinhead feels like that he is, you know, stepping into his playground by taking souls into this other dimension instead of into hell, you know. So he's after the tall man because the tall man is, you know, um, stealing his souls. Um, Leatherface. Leatherface is after the tall man because he wiped out his family in in this town in Texas, you know. I like that. Just fantastic stories. And, um, you know, I'm hoping maybe at some point some of these movie developers or even maybe some of these indie film developers might look at this and be like, Hey, this will make a great story and maybe get some sort of a, you know, blessings for some of these production companies and make something like this. Um, I mean, cause let's face facts. I mean, how awesome would that be to have like a leather face, you know, phantasm tie in or, you know, um, you know, a reanimator and Friday the 13th tie in, you know, I mean, that, the possibilities are endless. I agree. I, I would, <coughs> all that stuff I would love to see. And, Again, I feel like the best source to do it, as far as idea-wise, would be the fan films, the indie films. Budget-wise, obviously Hollywood, but the fan films, because they'd put that passion into it. They'd really read the comic books and put as much as they're allowed to put into it. And really, they would really try to get our attention with it. It wouldn't be like a money grab type thing. It would be like, listen, I want these people to, I want you guys to really enjoy and love this movie and watch it over and over and over again. I want you to watch it a million times. I don't want you to just come to the theater and watch it two times in theaters and then that's it like they really want you to get it i just backed um well a few weeks about a month ago now never hike never hike in the snow i can't wait to get that got the blu-ray thing of it and that i think that's going to be fantastic never hike alone was a great movie really enjoyed it probably one of the better fan-made films i've seen 
And I was just saying this the other day, yesterday actually on a podcast, as far as the Friday the 13th story goes, everybody knows Jason's my favorite. That's one of those stories where, like, you know, you know, a lot of the Friday the 13th movies how they're sitting around by the campfire talking about Jason, talking about his mother. I never get tired of that story. No matter how many different variations I hear it, I've heard it, no matter how many different times I've heard it, how many different ways, I just love hearing that story for some reason. It just draws you in. And it was so awesome on Never Hike Alone where they did it, the fan film. And I was just like, this is just, these guys get it. The cinematography was great. The movie was great. Jason threw somebody out of a window, which was fucking awesome. I love when he throws people through windows. <laughs> Even though this one was out of the barn window, but still, it counts. And just the attention to detail that these guys do with these fan films is, it's so, it's, I just love it. It's so rewarding. Like, they really, really pay attention to details from this you can watch these movies like real small details just like holy shit like they really put this in the movie they really it could be just a picture or something it could be something small and they really make sure you see that and then on top of that you support these films you get i mean it might be small to some people but how cool is it when you watch a movie go off and you see your name in the credits you weren't in the movie but you're like i back this movie i put my 25 30 dollars 50 dollars towards it my name's in the credits that's awesome. I got a Blu-ray copy of this movie. Only X amount of people got the first copy of this movie because we backed it. Stuff like that to me is awesome. Yeah, it looks like I mean, and, and doing that kind of thing is you know really shows you know you're you know you're dedicated to your craft in my opinion um, because you know you you want to see these movies get made. A lot of people you know will blow smoke up somebody's ass. Oh, you know, yeah, I like to see the movie get made, but they don't try to put forth any sort of effort to do it. So mm-hmm. um, I now back a lot of films. Um, I mean, even if I could just give ten dollars, you know, it's it still shows that I want to see this made. I want this to happen. Yeah. Uh, and you know, like even if I can't do anything as far as like from a financial standpoint, if I could at least promote them or introduce them to people, other people in the horror network, because I mean, you know, I'm friends with a lot of actors and actresses and things. Um, <clears throat> the majority of them are wonderful people, and you know, even if they just need advice, you know, like, um, you know, hey. I'm wanting to do this particular scene in my movie, and I saw that you did something similar to it. You know, what do you recommend we use for, you know, blood? You know, what do we use for, you know, what kind of latex did you use? So, you know, and that, you know, <clears throat> I may not actually, you know, financially help them, but if I can get them to do a special, you know, special effect, you know, cheaper within budget or, you know, uh, half cost, you know, that's that's something, you know, oh, yeah. I mean, that, that, that goes a long way. And, uh, I love promoting, like I said, promoting the horror, you know, the independent horror films. <coughs> Excuse me, and um, you know, and like I said, you know, and hopefully, you know, not bash them and not, you know, or have other people bash them, but hopefully, you know, nurture them into doing something even better. Because I mean, mm-hmm. let's face facts, you know, Steven Spielberg and these other bigger directors had, you know, if people come up and say, "Well, your your first film sucked, don't do any more movies," that's very discouraging, and they wouldn't have made, you know, some of the epic films that we, you know, we grew up with. So I'm hoping a lot of these directors, you know, that start out small and work with no budgets and can pull off something, you know, impressive like that, you know, imagine what they could do with the budget, you know. So, you know, definitely promote these guys, like I said, you know, even if it's, um, you know, if you can give a little bit to their, you know, to the cause or if you can just, you know, like I said, help them out, you know, by promoting them, anything helps, you know. And Oh, yeah. Horror is family. You know, we're all family here. I agree with you. I agree with you on that. A million percent, and it, back to what you were saying, like, if you can't financially help support them, and, I mean, if you have a podcast, promote them on the podcast or YouTube channel. If you don't have a podcast or YouTube channel, hit the share button. 
it's that simple. Just hit that share button because somebody on your news feed or somebody in another horror group that you're in will be like, oh, hey, this sounds cool. Let me throw my 5, 10, 20 bucks, whatever they can afford on there, or at least share. And it gets more eyes on it, and they eventually, you know, get to check it out. Give me, like, two seconds. I'll be right back. I just got to bring something downstairs real quick. Anyways, we're back, people. Quick little intermission. And, uh, shit, I might as well do my plug real quick. <clears throat> I told you about it earlier, the GNR TV thing. Not sure what you have for cable. This goes to you and the listeners. You guys are hearing it in the intro, but you can hear it again. Now, if you're someone who's a sports fan, football, basketball, baseball, soccer, soccer, soccer hockey, all that stuff, golf, um, pay-per-views, boxing, mixed martial arts, which I freaking love, the UFC, rap battles, all that good stuff, movie channels, whatever, whatever else people watch on cable, and also, this comes with a password, though, Brazzers, the Playboy channel, and the reality one, I forgot what it's called, but uh, all that, $25, GNR TV, highly, highly, highly worth it. 20 bucks with the promo code search 30 I believe that's still in effect. First-time users, and I mean, you get all these channels, over 400 channels, and all that stuff, the pay-per-views and all that, $25 a month, you can't really beat that. You can't beat that at all. Go out there and get it, people, if you're someone who likes to watch TV, loves to watch TV, movies, and all that. And there is a horror channel. It's called Horror Channel Network or Horror Channel something. And they play horror movies most of the time. So, yeah, go out and get that. Back to the show, though. Had to do that little quick plug. Um, I forgot what we were talking about, but, uh, I want to do, I know we were talking about this before. I'm just throwing out some ideas. Like, I know my brother wants to do like a top 10 zombie movie. I want to do like a top five or top 10 horror car movie. I only know of Christine right now. And there's a movie you told me about called the car. I know about, um, uh, what's the, what's the movie with the big ass truck? Damn. Uh, Boom. That. And I know there's more out there. Well, I mean, you got Killdozer if you want to count that one, but uh, yeah, it's it's not really a car, but it's all right, all right. a killer bulldozer. Yeah, I'll, so. say, I'll say a killer motor vehicle. It, won't, it doesn't have to be just cars. <laughs> it could be a car, a plane, a train, a boat, whatever. But the vehicle has to be the thing that's you know the the being, so to speak. I, you know, and it's it's funny because Maxim Overdrive, like again, when I was when I was a kid, like just terrified me. I'm like. You know, holy shit, there's there's trucks everywhere. I mean, like, you know, rigs are always running up and down the road, you know. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that was kind of scary. I mean, they had these people trapped and, you know, uh, you know, it was just, it was just really a scary movie. And not to mention, of course, they did the ACDC, did the soundtrack for it, so that was, that was pretty awesome, too. But, um, you know, uh, as far as, like, you know, this whole Stephen King thing, there were so many of those movies like that scared me. Maximum Overdrive being one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ujo uh, being another one. And, um... Funny story behind that one. My grandparents had a, uh, a St. Bernard. Oh, well, she was a partial St. Bernard something else, but she was built, looked like a St. Bernard. And uh, I guess evidently at some point she um, she was out in the fields and actually I guess she kind of nicked her nose a little bit on uh, some barbed wire. Oh. And, uh, you know, just a little little scratch, nothing you know, nothing major. Didn't, didn't slow her down, none. But, again, I'm thinking, okay, I was like, I don't know, maybe seven or eight, I guess, when this movie came out. So I saw this nick on her nose. And, of course, you know, St. Bernard's drool anyway. Yep. I'm thinking, oh, God, she's got rabies, and she's going to, like, tear the house to get, you know, to kill me and my grandparents, you know. And 
you know, she's wanting to play and she's being, you know, she's wagging her tail and like trying to like play with me and I'm freaking out thinking, oh gosh, she's trying to bite me, <laughs> you know. It's not like it's traumatizing as a kid, you know. Oh, yeah. And um, so yeah, I mean that's that's definitely you know people always ask me you know what what movies did you did, you know disturbed you as a kid? That was definitely one of them. That's awesome. Uh-huh. And it's funny because I was going to ask you that like what what movie really scared you as a kid? You just answered it right away. That's that I love that answer and that we're gonna have to do another top ten of top ten animal horror movies because there's so many of them. Yeah, there's yeah. like a, there's a whole like. I mean, if, if you don't even touch on the, the Atomic Age stuff, you know, you've got a lot of the, a lot of the 60, late 60s, early 70s. Uh, I, you know, honestly, I would even say pretty much all the way through the entire 70s, they did a lot of, uh, like, Day of the Animals, uh, Night of the, uh, is it, uh, pardon me if I butcher the name, Lepus or Lupus, mm-hmm. uh, which is about the, the killer rabbits. Um, I would watch that. They have Through the Gods, uh, which I actually watched not too long ago, uh, where the, uh, the, the, Genetically modified um, food that makes the rats grow to like the size of like cattle, and they go around the hillside killing people. You know, uh, <clears throat> you know. So yeah, there's there's definitely a ton of like animal movies, and you know, I mean, looking at them now, you know, people lots of people think that those are cheesy and they're silly and they're stupid, but you know, animals really could turn on us at any moment. You know, oh, hell yeah. Uh, your pet, your favorite pet that you love and snuggle with and sleep with and everything. It easily rip your throat out while you're asleep, you know. If they so, really wanted to, they could. Exactly, you know, and really, I mean, you know, you, you kind of scoff and think, okay, yeah, that's you know, that's kind of far fetched. Not really, you know. Animals are they they are what they are. They're animals, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't really have reasoning or you know negotiation skills here. So uh, those movies are a lot, a lot more terrifying than a lot of people give them credit for. I I agree with that, and you're right about them not having reasoning or any. They just they're animals. That's in their instinct. That's what they do. They they hunt. They kill. Yeah, they eat. They mate. They you know um, they they have a basic instinctual um, you know genetic DNA code that they follow. You know, so uh, what's to say one of these days they can't be modified? Like uh, one of the movies I watched, um, it was uh, it was shot sometime in like the I want to say the late seventies, early eighties. Uh, it was about a movie that. Um, it was sort of along the same vein as Night of the Comet. Mm-hmm. Um, the sun had a solar flare and basically disintegrated most of the world's population, uh, turned them into calcium. And this family was in a cave, like they were ge- uh, geologists. So they were shielded from the sun's rays and, you know, they come back out and like everybody's gone. The animals are flipping out and trying to kill them and... You know the, and of course, you know it, it. The EMP blast disabled all electronics, so it's like sitting back in the dark ages. Scary as hell movie to be. You know, like I said, it was like nineteen. I don't say like nineteen seventy eight, maybe nineteen eighty two range. Okay. Um, you know, it was a natural disaster. I mean, it was something that wasn't man made. It was a complete, you know, solar you know, fluke. You know, like a like a solar flare. That happened, you know, and the animals, it caused the animals to go crazy. Why it didn't disintegrate them, I don't know. It really doesn't explain it, but, you know, um, I find those movies more, to be more horrifying than, like, you know, like I said, a, a you know, a six foot four killing machine with a hockey mask on or, you know, uh, Leatherface. That is something that could possibly happen, you know, so that to me is a scary, that movie's scary as hell. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, but yeah, it's just, there's so many movies that people don't really, you know, put a whole lot of emphasis on and think, could this happen, you know, could this be something that we could, you know, we have to deal with, you know, um, but, 
uh, yeah, like I said, we're gonna be, you know, maybe some point in time we can touch up on those, and I can kind of give like a we can give like a top ten list of uh, you know animal uh, natural disaster kind of films, you know. Um, <clears throat> which uh, incidentally, uh, the Creek Show movie is what gave me my phobia of roaches. Like I'm definitely afraid of roaches. Hmm. Um, really? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not afraid of snakes, bats, rats, you know, spiders. None of that stuff bothers me. Uh, but you throw a roach on me, and I will kill you to get away from it, kind of thing. Like, and it's so strange, but it—I I think that stemmed from the creep show, uh, the particular scene where the guy's like big um, germaphobe, and he lives in this like airtight apartment. And he has like you know all this clean stuff laying around. He, you know, he's you know a clean freak. Everything has to be clean. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, these roaches start showing up in his apartment. You know, and. Um, he tries to think all these, you know, sick, creative ways of killing the roaches. By the end of the movie, they've, you know, they've, they're running in his mouth and they're in his nose and his ears and, you know, it was horrible. It was horrible. Uh, you know, so that's kind of what gave me my fear of roaches. And I know it sounds silly, but, you know, hey, we are, I guess, got our phobias, but mine seems, you know, I guess probably tame by comparison. <laughs> yeah, hey, man, mine is heights and snakes. Like, I have real high, narrow place and snakes, forget about it. I'm not doing it. I will not deal with it. I mean, snakes, yeah, definitely. Uh, and again, there's a lot of snake movies out there. Yeah. Uh, and, and some of you probably enjoy it. I'll send your way and let you check them out. Rattlers is being one of them. Uh, about the rattlesnake population that suddenly, without, well, and later in the film it explains it, but initially nobody knows what happens, but then all of a sudden these rattlers are like invading people's homes and like coming up to the toilets and biting when they're, getting, when they're laying in bed, you know. Um, so somebody that's, that has a snake phobia would definitely find this movie terrifying. I have, like, I wouldn't say it's a phobia. It's like if, say if you, me and you are hanging out and you have a snake on your shoulders or whatever, I'm not going to come up close to you. I can be in the same room. If it's in a cage, I can be in the same room, but I will not touch it. Don't bring it near me because I am going to run and I might scream. <laughs> I, so, I, I can't so promise. You have, you have what we call a healthy respect. Yeah, because you don't ever really have a fear of them per se, but you don't want to be right up on them and being, in, you know, meddling in their business kind of thing. Totally understand that because yeah, that's kind of with spiders. I, uh, you know, if I see a spider in my house, I usually scoop him up, take him outside. You know, I don't want to kill him. Um, but now, like wolf spiders, on the other hand, I will, I will destroy them. Like I will, I'll, I will kill with extreme prejudice, prejudice against them because, you know, they're scary. Like they'll, they'll straight charge you. Um. And, uh, you know, one time I was actually, um, you know, in the bathroom doing my business. One decided to charge me and run up my leg. Oh, God. One of the most vulnerable part of, you know, the process of being in the bathroom here, it runs up my leg. So, at that point, I'm kind of like, you know what? I'm waging war on any wolf spider I see. He's dead. <laughs> um, you know, but like, you know, black widows or, you know, garden spiders, little black house spiders that you see, you know. Uh, I don't bother those guys. I usually take them. If they're in my way, I'll take them, scoop them up, put them outside. You know, but I have a healthy respect for them. I'm definitely not going to stick my finger down there and pet them or anything, let them bite me. You know? No, hell no. So I can understand. You know, the, the, the that's what we like to say. We don't call that really necessarily a fear or a phobia as much as it's a healthy respect. You know? You know what? With with snakes, I mean, it's just you see what they can do, and I mean, there's no big snakes like that around here that are just going off loose and stuff and i remember when we were kids my brother which you'll meet him henry he he's he's like an outdoorsman he loves that outdoor shit fishing he loves snakes and all that and this asshole 
It was a little garden snake, I'll admit it. But this asshole, he catches a snake, he's playing with it and all that. This and then he threw it at me, and I just took off. And since then, I'm just like, <laughs> I'm like, fuck snakes. I don't want to deal with them. I don't want to hold them. I'm good. Like, the, I think I've touched one like one time. He had one as a pet. Him and his wife had one or two as a pet, and he took it out of the cage. He was like, just, you know, touch this. At least just, I'm like, okay, I tapped it with my finger. I'm good. That's it. I don't. <laughs> Big, I, I just don't like them. I don't, I respect them as you can see. Yeah, you can say I respect them. I can say I'm, a, I'm afraid of them to an extent, but again, it's not like a phobia, like where people have a real phobia. If they see something in the same room as them, they can't, they can't handle it. Now, my question to you is, if there was a roach crawling on that wall behind you, would you have to call your wife to come in and kill it, or would you be able to handle that? Uh, you know, I would probably just go ahead and set the house on fire <laughs> and burn it down kind of thing. Um, yeah, and, and I've gotten better about it since I've gotten older, but now it used to be when I was younger, when I would see a roach, I froze, like legitimately froze, like, like you said, paralyzed with fear kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know, I don't know why. I mean, like I said, if, you know, if you ever had to com- combat, you know, a rat or a snake or a bat or something like that, you know, those things could possibly, they have creative ways of killing you, you know, yeah. whether it be by disease or venom, you know. Uh, rabies, you know, whatever. A roach really, I mean, roaches are disease-carrying creatures, but most of the time they will usually avoid man. You know, they will, they will not come near, you know, us. You know, they usually try to avoid us. So, you know, but I mean, still, I see one, it's like, you know, they freeze and I freeze. You know, it's kind of like a, the good, bad, and the ugly here standoff because I'm looking at them, they're looking at me, and I'm looking at the door, like I make it to the door. I'm looking at my shoe, like, can I take it off and smash the thing or throw it at it, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, but as I got older and stuff, I've gotten, you know, uh, kind of manned up a little bit where I can actually get in there and kill them um, if I see them somewhere. Fortunately, I haven't had any issues with that at my house, but right. I uh, used to work in cable TV, and they are there are some nasty individuals out there that have roaches, yeah. and they're like family, you know? Like, they're like just okay with them being there and, and roaches can get like get in your clothes and all kinds of crazy stuff I mean, you, can, you can carry these things home mm-hmm. so you know that makes them to me makes them more yeah, I guess I guess scarier because I mean like a snake a snake you can toss it outside or kill it and it's done yeah um, very seldom do they have a nest anywhere um, I mean some people you know they worry like you know I have a nest underneath your house that if you get if you see more than one snake yeah you've probably got a nest if you see one snake, uh, no, he's probably just chasing a mouse. No, you know, no harm, no foul. Mm-hmm. Uh, spiders are the same way. I mean, you might see a couple of them, and you know, but again, there's probably not a big infestation. If you see one roach, you've got an infestation. Yes, one like you're right about that. Those bastards. I can't. I hate those bastards. And you know, they're you're laying there trying to sleep, and they're crawling all over your mouth, and you know, and just oh god. I know. Like, I mean, it just really makes me cringe even thinking about it. They, they, they're sick bastards. They really are. <laughs> they, they really have no use. Like, spiders, I respect them. I don't really necessarily like them in my face or in my house, but I respect them because they eat other bugs that get on my nerves. So I'm like, okay, well, at least you're you're getting rid of this stupid-ass fly that got caught in your nest. So I don't have to hear that stupid-ass buzzing anymore. So you can stay over in that corner. That's fine. Just stay in your space. Don't yeah, I mean, I said, yeah, and spiders, like I said, they, they, you know, and that's why I try to tell people that are like, Oh my god! I got a spider in my house. Kill it! You no, know, he's he's not. Granted, he's not paying you rent living there, but he is keeping your you know gnat population down. Um, if you happen to bring a roach in from the 
you know, from a bag of potatoes, because trust me, you can get roaches from potatoes. I mean, they, they, they can hang out in potatoes. You take a bag of potato ho- potatoes home, and you'll have a roach in your house. Mm. So, you know, these, you know, my spider population here is helping me keep mosquitoes and mites and things like that down. So, you know, I have no problems with them. You know, they can hang out, chill. Just don't, don't get where I sleep. Yeah. Or, so, and, or I take a shower or I'm, where I'm vulnerable. You know, and we'll get along just fine. I will leave you at your nest and let you, you know, catch bugs and do your thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, you know, like I said, some spiders, um, most of them aren't naturally aggressive. Uh, of course, you've seen, you know, of course, we've seen movies, you know, we've seen Arachnophobia and King, Kingdom of the Spiders where you have killer spiders, you know, that, again, people that have a phobia of this kind of stuff would probably yeah, it messes with them. buy that much more watching a movie like that. Um, you know, and, that, and that's what, um, I guess it's kind of what Creepshow did for me, I guess. And, um, and when it comes to these different animal movies and stuff, I mean, everybody's got some sort of a, a bug, snake, you know, phobia. And, yeah. uh, right. and it just makes these movies that much more terrifying, in my, in my opinion, anyway. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that, though. I agree with that 100%. Freaking Jaws. Jaws is a big reason why a lot of people, including myself, will not go in the ocean. And I mean... <laughs> I've been in the ocean as a kid and stuff, but now that I'm older and that, between Jaws and then like watching like stuff on Animal Planet, those fishing shows, and you see the shit just jellyfish, I'm like, okay, just walking around in the shallow water, people are getting attacked by sharks. I don't need to be in there. And uh, what, what, was, was the, what was the big one that came? Uh, they, they did a remake a few years ago, Piranha. Uh, uh, that was another know. one that scared the hell out of people, you know? Yes, and that was so good, Piranha. I like the 70s version, I like the 3D version. They did that. They did that so well. That's actually a really underrated... To me, it's an underrated movie, both of them. It's an underrated remake that they did. Because I feel like... I know they didn't do it shot for shot, but I feel they did a real good job with that remake. A lot of times with the remakes, they do. They either go too far over the top or they don't do enough to please us fans. We'll watch it. But that was another one. I know I mentioned... Um, I mentioned Texas Chainsaw Massacre from 2003 a lot. That was a really good remake. And I mentioned... Oh, what the hell is the movie called? Evil Dead, the Evil Dead remake. I like the Evil Dead remake more than I like the original. I'm so people. I'm sorry, but that's just I just enjoyed it more. It was crazy. It was real gory. I loved the blood at the end, where it was like raining blood, and it was beautiful. I, you know, and then, <clears throat> that's something that I know that this big um, it's, it's been a big topic of discussion amongst the horror community. Uh, a lot of groups that I'm on, on Facebook and, and Twitter and things. Um, you know, people are always griping about remakes or reboots and things. And, um, you know, in a popular opinion, Tom, I'm not big on remakes. Like, I believe that they're, they're, these movies are classic for a reason. Yeah. Um, but now, I have some that actually I do like better than the originals, uh, The Thing being one of them. Um, I don't know if it's because I saw the, the, the 1980s, you know, Thing first as opposed to the uh, the thing from outer space, mm-hmm. you know, that was set back in like the the fifties. Yeah, I've never seen uh, that. I'd like to though. I mean, I, I like I like both films. Don't get me wrong. I just like John Carpenter's The Thing much better. Uh, it's scary. I mean, it's it's a really it's really a, a horrifying movie. The special effects are phenomenal. Um, oh, yeah. It's just a really great claustrophobic movie. That movie um, was amazing. And then uh, there was uh, let's see, uh, Thirteen Ghosts. Um, Again, I like the original, but I like the remake better. Um, they they put they put more of a backstory, more of a spin on Thirteen Ghosts on the remake. Mm-hmm. So they actually gave the characters uh, the the ghosts in there a backstory. 
Um, now, if you dig deep enough with the original 13 ghosts, you can find some backstories on those ghosts. But the fact that, you know, they, they did a whole dark Zodiac thing with, um, you know, the 13 ghosts uh, was really a nice twist on it. Yeah. <clears throat> so, you know, I mean, like I said, there, there's a couple of movies out there. Um, Evil Dead, uh, of course, you know, again, I, I'm a big, you know, Bruce Campbell fan. So I, I, I like the original. I, I stay true to the original. However, I didn't didn't hate the remake. I mean, yeah. I thought it was a good attempt at doing a remake. Um, Friday the 13th, for instance, the, the reboot they did with Friday the 13th, I didn't like it. I didn't like the fact they made Jason a weird kidnapper kind of guy, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. now, granted, they made, more, made him more human, gave him more human aspects, I guess, because, you know, the Jason we all grew up knew and love was a, uh, he's a straight-up killing machine. He is. He doesn't care what color, what sex, what your political views are, your religious preferences, he don't care. You're dead. Mm-hmm. He sees you, you're dead. So the remake Jason, they kind of gave him more of a human persona to him where he, um, I, and I don't know if it was because he was in love with this girl or because she reminded him of his mother. It never really does kind of go into a whole lot of detail. But Oh, it was, um, <clears throat> not to cut you off, it was because she looked like his mother. Like the little necklace thing she had that he had yeah. looked just like his mom, and in his mind that was like his mom. Which that's what I mean. I I did enjoy the remake. I didn't love it. <clears throat> Excuse me. That's one. That's another reason why I, I didn't love it right there. I, I, maybe I loved it, but I didn't. It wasn't up there for like with the rest of them. That was another reason. Like I didn't like the kidnapping thing. I did. I loved the tunnel. I thought that was cool because I was like, it's cool how he's getting. It makes more sense to how he's getting everywhere so freaking fast. He has a tunnel. He's been there his whole freaking life. He should be able to do that. Um, and you're right. I mean, that, that, that again, that that made him more, I guess, more human-like. He has yeah. more human-like traits. Because um, <clears throat> I know in the Friday the 13th game, um, they gave Jason some sort of a, I guess, like, a de- like I touched him on the whole Deadite thing from the Evil Dead series. They gave him the, I guess, the Deadite ability to travel, like, at like superhuman, you know, speed yeah. and like almost ethereal, where he's not really physically there, but he can transfer his um, form, I guess, into different locations. You know, so when the camp counselors are on the other side of the, the the camp, you can actually turn into this ethereal form, and then all of a sudden reform and show up, you know, close to where the camp counselors are. So, but yeah, and that, I thought that was a great touch with the fact that they. They did make him more unique. Like, so was I crazy about the movie? Eh, you know, it was it wasn't bad. I watched it again to make sure that you know I gave myself a chance to like it because mm-hmm. I've watched movies before, hated them the first time I saw them, and, and uh, went back into them again and watching them and like, okay, now it makes a little more sense. Or you know, I'll read up on it and try to understand where the director was going with it, and you know, again, it makes more sense after I you know give it a second go. Um, which explains why a lot of the movies I watched as, ki- as a kid, I hated. And now watching it again as an adult, I'm like, oh, it's you know, it's, it's clear now. You know, I understand what they're doing with this, which makes this movie much better now. Um, I know the Hanging Woman is a prime example of that one. Again, we're touching on zombies here. Um, the Hanging Woman, I grew up again with like Romero and uh, Return of the Living Dead, so I'm used to these. Um, Siege type zombie movies, you know, uh, flesh eating, you know, zombies killed the headshot kind of thing. Yeah. <clears throat> so uh, I picked up uh, the Hanging Woman at the local video store, 
And mind you, this movie has like 13 different titles. Oh, um, yeah, I don't know why exactly. And one of, the, one of the titles even has Dracula in it, and Dracula's not even in the movie. Like, there's no way anybody named Dracula in the movie, but for some reason they slap a Dracula title on it. Uh, but anyway, so I rated it under uh, Vengeance of the Zombies title. Mm-hmm. And when, I, of course, I started watching it, it pops up The Hanging Woman. I'm like, what the hell is that? What is that? They don't, they don't make any sense. And, but then at the beginning of the movie, there's a hanging woman hanging from a tree. So I'm like, okay, well, hence that makes sense of that name. Um, but as I started watching it, there starts being more zombie action in it. Um, it's not zombies, again, not like the Romero type or anything. They are slow moving. Uh, they are murderous. They don't eat flesh. Yeah. Kind of a sort of a voodoo science kind of thing. And uh, I watched it, I'm like, God, this, the pacing's so slow, I hated it, and it was just like, this is nothing what I, this is nothing about what I like. Um, again, I grew up watching zombie siege type movies, Day of the Dead, Dawn of the Dead. Mm-hmm. So, um, years later, um, you know, I'm in my early 30s, and I happen to find this movie somewhere at um, some kind of a, <clears throat> um, a con or something I was at. And... Um, I looked at it, I'm like, oh, hey, I remember this title. I, I remember watching this when I was like eight, nine years old, you know. And uh, that's how I picked it up. I was like, it's a zombie movie. I, I collect zombie movies. I got to have this for my collection. And started watching it again. I'm like, wow, this is very, uh, very Hammer, very Hammer Productions kind of feel to it. Mm-hmm. Um, the pacing, it's creepy, it's eerie. Um, the story really, it starts, it develops later on in the film. But it gives you this, uh, like, you don't know who is creating the zombies or why. Um, you have your suspicions as far as, like, you know, everybody in the movie is a suspect. Uh, the mistress, the wife, the, um, you know, even the uh, uh, the nephew that shows up, you know. He's supposed to be the protagonist or the antagonist of the film here. And, you know, you even at some point suspect him. So... All of a sudden, you know, and then by the end of the film, it's the person you last least suspected. And, you know, it has a really good climax. And like I said, the story eventually starts building up, you know. Now I love the movie. It's like one of my favorite movies. That's awesome. Um, again, like I said, if you're, if you're a big fan of the you know, of Hammer films, you'll definitely enjoy this film because it's very, very Hammer. Um, you know, like I said, it's, it's, it's British. It has Paul Nashie in it. I love Paul Nashie. I'm a big Paul Nashie fan. He's the... Uh, Spanish Bella Lugosi, as they, as they call him. Um, well, I love, I love pretty much love anything he's in, though. I'm not going to lie. He's, he, he's done werewolves. He's done the devil. He's done warlocks. You know, he's done such a, a, a wide array of characters and everything. And he plays a um, um, grave. He's a, he's a grave digger, but he also robs graves, and he's a necrophiliac. Oh, shit. So, yeah, he's a really jacked-up character, and he plays the role so well. He's so creepy, you know. And um, But, yeah, it's, it's definitely one of those films that you can, that you can really, you know, um, appreciate, like I said, if you, if you were into, the, into that, that, that Hammer-type, you know, gothic, um, whodunit-style films. This is definitely yeah. one to check out, though. I'm the type, I'll check out anything. Like it, love it, hate it. If I haven't seen it, I'll, feel it. I'll give it a shot and... Go from there with it. I just, I'm, because I'm, right now I'm at the point 
especially because of the podcast sake and just being a horror fan where I want to really expand on like movies that I've seen movies that I have not seen especially from like different eras like I haven't seen any horror movies from the 50s into the 60s and early 70s I'll say like I've seen a few from the 70s like you know Texas Chainsaw Massacre the big name ones from the 70s but as far as like the smaller names from the 70s and back I haven't seen and I would really like to get into that all different genres of horror all different eras of horror and just not only for myself to see it and us to review it, but to put it out there for other people who haven't heard of these movies and maybe would like to watch these gems. They just haven't heard of them because they're not the big name movies or they're not what everybody's talking about. So that's a, that's another thing that I want to get to when we you know when we start doing more episodes is like not just I mean indie films yes, but also older films and as well as you know sprinkling in the new stuff and whatever else comes whatever else people want to come on and review with us or whatever else somebody asks us to review whatever. But like my, I think number number one is going to be indie, and then after that, it's older stuff mixed in with whatever. But I get to see a lot. Of crazy it's funny because the '60s. Uh, <clears throat> now there are a few '50s films. Uh, most of the stuff, like from the '40s and '50s, um, you know, they really couldn't do anything as far as with like you know, like actual like butchery, murder, yeah. you know, like kind of thing. So you know, that that was really more limited to strangulation. Uh, if you watch the Wolfman and, and Frankenstein and all them, they just strangled their victims, and that was it. You know, kind of the end of it. Um, but now, the fifties, you'll see some certain films uh, will start throwing in hints that something or someone got brutally murdered, mm-hmm. um, and that's kind of where I think those movies, to me, are like the pioneer films of what's really started some of the more gruesome graphic films. And the 60s actually was one of the first, that was the first era, the early 60s, when they actually started showing blood and showing lots of blood in, you know, in graphic ways. Um, one of the films I remember seeing as a kid, it was called Color Me Blood Red. And the cover is just horrifying. Like, it has this guy that has this woman's stomach ripped out, and he's, oh, like, shit. got a bowl underneath her stomach and catching the blood and everything, and he, he paints with it. Um <clears throat> Apparently he's a you know, big award-winning you know artist, but that's his secret is his vivid, bright red colors. It's actually blood of his victims. Um, and I'm not mistaken, I read somewhere that was actually one of the first like really openly gory horror films, like where they actually did large amounts of blood and like actual mutilations of people. Um, and uh, obviously, when they first came out, they thought it was a snuff film. They actually thought this guy was actually going around murdering people <clears throat> and um you know and if, if they first saw the you know the first saw the movie uh naturally the special effects are just that good you know yep and uh so i mean you know like uh there's one that one of my favorite movies is um it's a uh, creature with the atomic brain and um it's um Sort of a Universal Soldier, I guess. It's kind of, I would, I'd be willing to bet what Universal Soldier ripped off a lot of this movie because it's about a army of uh, <clears throat> these uh, atomic supermen, kind of, um, you know, people that have died recently that were reanimated through electricity and atomic radiation. And one of the scenes, he grabs one of the victims, the, the, the zombie, whatever, they have superhuman strength. He picks the guy up, and it, it, it goes back to the shadow, and you watch him break the guy in half. Oh, shit. Like, bend, like, like touch his heels to the back of his head. So it, it, it was like, wow, that's like, for the 50s, that's like 
completely shocking like that. You would never see that in a Universal film or, you know, even uh, the early Hammer Productions things. You would never see anything like that. I mean, he really broke this guy in half, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, I have to admit, when the first time I watched it, I mean, I was like, wow. I mean, that's, you know, that's crazy. I mean, I never would have expected that out of, out of a, a 1950s film. Um, and another one that was really... Um, really cool was uh, the um, the brain that wouldn't die um, again it's it was taken back in like sometime in like the I want to say like maybe the early, late 50s early 60s I want to say maybe like 61 62 yeah um, a guy gets his arm ripped off and um, you know the the creature is like completely deformed and you know um, again I won't spoil too much of the film but um this guy gets his arm ripped off, you know, and, like, there's blood everywhere, and I'm like, and this is a black and white movie. So, you know, again, it's like, it's it's kind of like they were they were kind of pushing those boundaries for those films, like, um, again, you know, you came from Atomic Age stuff where you have giant bugs and, you know, the, the, the fear of the nuclear bomb and, you know, a lot of uh, political aspects of it. Then you have these other films that were you know, slowly pioneering in, in sort of a guerrilla warfare kind of way was introducing more graphic, shocking death scenes and things. So, you know, um, in order to in order to really appreciate newer horror, you have to kind of uh, appreciate where it came from. And um, that's why I really got back into that when I was a kid. I watched a lot of stuff that came out in the 80s because that's when I grew up. Mm-hmm. And I watched uh, a lot of stuff from the late 70s and up to the 80s and I thought, okay, yeah, I need to start giving me some of these older films a chance, you know, these black and white movies and things, because I was, you know, obviously you're a kid, you know, black and white's stupid. Exactly. You know, who wants, to, who wants to watch stuff without any color on it, you know? Yeah. So, um, I, you know, I was like, well, I'll, I'll give it a shot, you know, just to see what all the hype's about, you know, what what's so scary about Frankenstein, what's so scary about the Wolfman. And, um, you know, so you, so you eventually get into it. And you, like I said, you start noticing little nuances like that, and like where a lot of these stories, um, you know, where a lot of these things came from. You know, with uh, like I said, the, the creature of the atomic brain is almost verbatim uh, Universal Soldier, except the zombies or whatever Universal Soldier they use guns and they have to like you know recharge or whatever. But it's the same concept. These zombies have to go back to this heavily heavily irradiated room to recharge their internal batteries. So, you know, I'm like, wow, I, you know, I thought here, I thought all this time Universal Soldier was an original film, you know, original storyline. No, it, it completely ripped it off from this, this, you know, Atomic Age movie. See, now, again, this is why, this is a big reason why, well, one of the reasons why I'm glad we're working together, because this is really going to help with me with my horror knowledge, because you have so much of it, and it's, oh, <laughs> man, this is only the beginning, people. I just can't freaking wait. Like, it's just... Like I was saying, I really want to get my, as far as watching a lot of older horror movies and then just obscure horror movies, foreign horror, I'm not really, I've never really gotten into it. I'm not going to say I'm not into it. I've never really gotten into it. And just, you know, see what happens with it. Because there's, there's so much out there that I haven't seen that I've missed or skipped over just because I just felt like it wasn't interesting to me. Or, again, a lot of it's because I've never heard of it and never seen it and never got a chance to see it. But now... Uh, yeah. And then, and then really, and that's, you know, and that's kind of how I was growing up. I was like, 
why would I want to watch something from Spain or why would I want to watch something from Italy or why would I want to watch something from Japan? You know, I I never really expanded my mind on that. Never thought, well, okay, you know, because I mean, <clears throat> when it comes to other countries and stuff, um, you know, they have their own other. I guess, um, legends and, you know, and ghost stories and things, you know, that's completely unique. And, you know, some of it's, you know, really, really scary. Um, you know, honestly though, like with, you know, unpopular opinion time, I don't like psychological thrillers as much like, um, like Suspiria. I wasn't a big fan of Suspiria. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people were, you know, were probably gasping, you know, and, uh, you know, would probably call me, uh, you know, a few choice names for saying that, you know, because Suspiria has been like a big, you know, horror staple, but I just never had, I mean, I watched the, the original and it's just so slow. Now, I, again, I was probably a teenager when I saw it, so I probably should give it another chance that I'm older. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so with some of these movies, it's like I, you know, I hated it as you know, growing up and stuff, and then like I said, I, I've got a lot of foreign films that I, that I really, really like. Like I said, Paul Nashi, you know, opened up a whole other door for me with Spanish horror, and um, you know, watched a lot of Mexican films, and uh, the Mexican, you know, cinema is just great. I mean, they if you like a lot of like outrageous, like uh, they have luchadors. I'm sure you've heard of El Santo. Um, El Santo, and, and it's funny because I talked to a lot of friends of mine that are from Mexico, and they said that, you know, El Santo is, he's serious, like he's, he's boss down there. I mean, we think, okay, some silly guy running around with a mask on, you know, wrestling zombies and, and, you know, Frankenstein, and, you know, I personally think it's awesome. I mean, I like, I like that kind of stuff, but, uh, you know, we think that's silly here, but down there, he's like an idol, like he is the man, he's Chuck Norris. You know, actually, no, he's not even Chuck Norris. Like, Chuck Norris wouldn't even be, like, on the radar compared to El Santo. They have statues erected to this guy in a lot of villages. And a friend of mine that I worked with told me, he said, he said that those movies were terrifying to us. And I'm like, really? I mean, you know, El Santo is, like, in the ring with the Wolfman, you know, like, like doing a figure four leg lock and, you know, a German suplex, you know, mm-hmm. I don't see how that's scary, but again, that's their culture. Exactly. Yep. Um, but they said they used to actually take big, um, like screens and everything. And they would put them up in the villages and they would have these, uh, like big movie nights and like the whole village would show up there. That's awesome. Watch these movies. You know, I'm like, God, I was like, I was so jealous. I was like, I would love to do that. Um, but you know, again, that's that's you know that that's kind of what got me into the Mexican culture there. With you know, as far as with you know their, their, the way they do things and with their movies and how they take their characters very seriously. So <clears throat> that's 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 good to hear, though. Just more stuff to branch out and check out and open not only our eyes but listeners' eyes to other types of horror and putting more stuff on the map, so to speak. I mean. I'm not saying, you know, obviously there's there's a ton of people that have heard of these foreign horror films, but usually it's somebody like you who's like a really, really deep, deep horror fan. Not that we're all not, but you really like do your homework on it and freaking probably annoy your wife with some of your horror knowledge. And it's I think it's just awesome. I think it's amazing. And now we can discuss that, share that with each other and share that with others and, you know, get more of this stuff seen so people have more respect for horror in general, like they should 
not just horror, not just casual horror fans, people in general that are just like, why did you guys watch these? I'm like, look, these movies actually have some really good stories if you really pay attention to these movies. It's not about, I mean, it, it is, to an extent, it is about the blood and guts for some movies, but it's not just about that. I'm like, look at, watch this movie and try to understand this killer. I mean, and you're right, because, I mean, like I said, you know, initially growing up, I, um, I really got into horror, like you said, because of the, the blood, the guts, the, you know, the slaughter, the, you know, and as I got older, you know, it, it really got into more of the story, you know, I mean, like, um, you know, a lot of people, before Friday the 13th came out, a lot of people were like, okay, there's a big psychotic killer, you know, killing all these, you know, these, these camp counselors and everything, but mm-hmm. nobody really understood the backstory, you know, why is Jason so angry, why, you know, why was his mother, you know, killing people in the first one, you know, so there, there's really a whole, I mean, a complex story behind it, and, you know, as I got older, I started to um, appreciate those stories more, I mean, instead of just, like I said, watching the mindless, you know, the mindless killing and blood and guts, which is still fun, Oh yeah. but, you know, as you get older, you start really noticing a lot of the storylines and, you know, what draws people to, you know, uh, you know, in like when we talked about the, the fan films, you know, what would cause somebody to actually want to make a fan film? It's a story, obviously, you know. Exactly. Um, so that's, you know, it's, it's a big deal when you get older to actually have a more developing storyline. And, and not, not there's anything wrong sometimes with just jumping in there and just, you know, like doing a, a complete, you know, slaughter, killing everybody you see type movie with no real rhyme or reason. Um which I think a lot of people felt that way about Halloween 2 with uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. A lot of people oh, thought yeah. that was just a mindless, you know, cash-in on the, you know, on the first one, the success of the first one. He, he just basically goes around killing everybody he sees in the second one. I, I wasn't a fan of the second one, <clears throat> mainly because of the damn horse and everything else, the weird stuff that happened, the killing, I don't mind. But what you were saying, as far as movies go, as far as, like, they just come out with just killing and overall story, this... Terrifier is a great example of that, but I really enjoy this movie. I love this movie. And the kill, I mean, one of the best kills, the upside-down kill, is probably one of my favorite kills. It's not, I never did a top ten list for this. I have to really think about it and study it. But it's definitely one of my favorite kills that I've seen on film ever. It's def, It would definitely be in my top ten, top thirteen, I'll even say, just for the horror's sake. But uh, that movie right there, I mean, it's, it's, psychotic it's crazy it's wild it's gory it's bloody and it hooks you in it hooked me in and i'm just like and art the clown the you know david howard thornton i feel like he did an amazing job with the clown because you how many killer clown movies have you seen where the clown doesn't say one word but he's still funny in the movie like he's like a clown mime i don't know if clowns and mimes are the same i'm guessing they're similar i have no clue but I like how he was just, like, his body language, the way he was moving around in the movie, the way he was, like, just everything he did in the movie was cool. And then I, when I heard they were doing a second when I heard they were doing a sequel, I'm like, this is going to be fucking amazing. And there's gonna be, I guess with the sequel, there's going to be more of a, a story to it. It's not going to be just, like, you know, mindless killing and all that. And I can't wait. I really can't wait for that. And... I don't know, man. I just... I freaking just love it. I love the... I, I would like them to do... I believe they're going to be doing. I believe they're going to be doing a, a trilogy of this. I would like them to do at least three, if not four or five, because I feel. I really feel Art the Clown could be like that new, slasher, that new iconic slasher that we haven't had in years since, pretty much Jason, Michael, Freddy, Chucky, Leprechaun. You know, since those guys, we haven't had, anybody. 
sense, in my opinion. I mean, you can throw Scream in there, I guess, but I don't really put that up there with them. But that's that's just me, and that's not even my personal feelings about Matthew Lillard and Skeets. That's just how I feel about the movie in general. I don't really put them up there with those iconic killers. I mean, well, actually, Art the Clown, um, I want to say he was actually in another movie. Yeah. Uh, it's sort of a cameo, I think. But it, it kind of touches on that he might be some sort of a demon or like a monster of some sort. Um, oh, actually, when I did an interview with him a while back, uh, he kind of touched upon that and never really... He obviously didn't go into a lot of detail because um, <clears throat> that is going to tie in with the second one and, like you said, possibly the trilogy. If they do a trilogy, um, they're going to kind of do a, like a grand reveal kind of thing. But, yeah, I mean, you know, so he's, he's definitely got his roots somewhere and I think it's kind of what makes, makes him, you know, uh, makes him more unique. Uh, yeah. He's not some weird psycho guy going around killing people. Um now, a friend of mine actually introduced me. It's funny you mentioned clowns. Um, a friend of mine introduced me to, uh, I don't care the name of the movie now. I'll have to find that. But it was about a uh, clown that was, uh, I guess, wrongfully murdered, I guess, or maybe killed in an accident of some sort. But he comes back, and there's, um, it's a silly storyline. I, mean, I mean, it's meant to be silly. I mean, obviously, clowns. Yeah. Because um, apparently there's like a whole like um, coven of clowns, and like they have this like pact that if, if they're wrongfully killed or you know uh, things are you know bad deeds are done to them, they will they have this power to come back and, and get revenge for themselves. Nice. And this clown does all kinds of crazy like like clown themed murders on these people that supposedly had you know had killed him. Um, yeah, and, and I thought to myself, I was like, you know, I this is kind of goofy, you know, but at the same time, it, it actually would be a really good movie. Um, I want to say it was on uh, Netflix at one point in time, uh, which is actually where I watched it. But um, and I hate that I can't remember the name of it, but it was actually, it was a really good movie. I mean, it was just really it was low budget, um, yeah. you know, kind of an indie indie title, but it was really good. I mean, they took this weird storyline and just ran with it, you know. I'm gonna have to, when you find out what that name is, I definitely want to check that out because I'm all into stuff like that. <clears throat> I love crazy, wild movies that just have that weird twist to it that doesn't make sense, but then at the end of the movie, it ends up being a good movie. I love those. Yeah, they just, they just like I said, they, they had this like really um, oddball storyline, and just like I said, they just took run, took off running with it. Was, it was fairly unique. I mean, I guess, um, and unique in a sense that they did something with clowns and like and them being like a demon coven sort of, you know, um, I guess, uh, society. Um, most people think clowns, you know, clowns are just, you know, clowns, you know, there's really nothing. I mean, they're not supposed to be terrifying, but they, for some reason are to people, but in this, in this particular storyline, these clowns have like, they're a more sinister, um, you know, backstory, I guess. And I, and I like, again, I like, I like what they did with it. It was like really, um, you know, it was really unique, and it was definitely one that I had never heard of. And being my age, and being that I've watched, you know, thousands upon thousands of movies and stuff when it comes to horror, it's like, you know, really finding unique ideas these days, which is why I support the indie scene, and, and yeah. a lot of people do short films and stuff, because they have so many great ideas, things that haven't been done before. And, um, you know, when you find something like that, it's like, you know, it's amazing. You're kind of like, great, you know, this is, you know, I hope I hope that they make more movies, you know, with 
this storyline or mm-hmm. um so that's that's why a lot of times that you know I try to you know really support the indie scene and, and hopefully they'll make up you know make more unique movies because a lot of people complain especially with, mo- with modern horror that stuff has been done to death it's been you know you're beating a dead horse you're milking a dry cow you know um, a lot of people got angry when they started talking about rebooting um, you know the Halloween and Friday the 13th and the Nightmare on Elm Street um, I guess in a sense with me I, I was a little miffed at the idea because they they saw that how successful these films were back when they first came out. Mm-hmm. But with horror these days, you have cell phones and GPS and you know uh, social media and all this other stuff. So you know, honestly, if you're driving down some back road or you're stuck in some camp, chances are there's going to be a cell phone tower somewhere close by. Uh, oh, geez, there's a, there's a crazy guy with a hockey mask. Let me call 911 from my cell phone. Or let me post it on Facebook. Let me get a YouTube video of it, you know? Yeah. So I know a lot of directors have started reverting back to um, pre-Facebook uh, and pre-cell you know, cell phone you know, ages. Uh, watched a zombie movie not too long ago. Uh, it was about a camp, um, sort of a sort of a nightmare. Or not, I mean, um, Friday the 13th type spin, but there was more than one killer, obviously, and, zombie, mm-hmm. and they were all zombies. Uh, but they actually went back to the 80s. Oh, oh nice. like so it was like, the whole film was set back in the eighties. It, it was shot like just a couple of years ago, but they they were trying to do the whole eighties theme, you know, with clothing and the you know the era correct cars, um, lingo, hairstyles. You know, I like what they did with it. Um, now, perhaps I don't know that it, maybe the, the newer generation would understand how terrifying these movies were because we didn't have that stuff growing up. I know. So if Michael Myers busted in your house back then, you were done for. Yeah, I can't call. I can't post on Facebook. Hey, you know, LOL. Michael Myers is in my house trying to kill me. Somebody call the police, you know. Or I can't call nine one one from my emergency dial on my cell phone. Michael Myers is gonna rip the phone out of the wall and he's gonna strangle me with the, with the telephone cord. Yep. That's what made it scary. Exactly. You know? There's not a damn thing you can do about it. <clears throat> I oh, agree I, with I'm, you. I agree on all of that right there. Like that's with and with some newer horror movies i can't think of any off the top of my head but with some newer horror movies i do like how they use the newer technology and how they make it work against them. the new child's play is a good example like i said they made the new technology work against them because chucky you know he took care he controlled all of that because everything was controlled through like the same the same company or whatever <clears throat> i do like that but i do when they do remakes and stuff friday the 13th is a great example I've told you this before. I wish that they would did it more. I wish they would did it based in the '80s, and more darker, more of a darker tone, more serious. Because Friday the Thirteenth movies, for the most part, they're dark, they're serious. They have there is some comic relief, which does not bother me at all. Because when you go out camping, there's gonna be some funny moments. There's gonna be some people acting stupid and doing silly shit. But oh, absolutely. That movie, there was just way too much of it in my... There was just way too much of it, and I don't... I, like I said, I really did enjoy the movie. I went to go see it twice. And I just... it dro- They dropped the ball with it like that, but... The kills were great in it, as usual. Like, every Friday the 13th movie has awesome kills. If you love the movie or not, they have some of the greatest kills. And they didn't fail with that, but I just feel it would have been a better movie overall if they were just taking it more serious, had the dark tone to it. Took out all those corny jokes, had a few corny jokes in there, and just to you know take away the cell phones, all that stuff because it, it takes away from the feel of it. 
Well, and, and see, with me, I think that's what they did with uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, the remake. Um, I, I, I'm probably repeating time. I hated it. Like, okay. I, I, I've really watched it several times to see if I can make myself like it, or maybe I just didn't appreciate it the first time I saw it. I don't like it. Um, and I think that's what they did with that. With Freddy makes that movie good because he is, you know, he's humorous, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, he cracks a lot of, a lot of, a lot of jokes you know, and a lot of, a lot of bad one-liners before he kills people. That's what makes Freddy unique. Yeah. Um, this guy, they try to do a more darker undertone as far as where he came from and what, you know, his backstory. And I just, he just wasn't scary. He just wasn't, you know, he just wasn't creepy at all. Like I didn't, I didn't, I just didn't like the movie. Um, now, I mean, again, with the backstory, I'm kind of glad that they actually did flesh out because it never really, it, I think Freddie's backstory was kind of lost in transition throughout the films. Yeah. Um, you know, he was a child molester slash murderer, or he was just a child murderer, or he was born of a psycho and a nun's, you know. Um, yeah. They switched it up so many times in the original series, but we enjoyed yes. it. So, I mean, you know, so, yeah, I mean, you really don't understand where Freddie came from or what, what his, you know, really, his reasoning is. So, I like the fact that, you know, and like even with how, the, how, the remake of Halloween with uh, Rob Zombie, um, a lot of people hated the film. I liked, I liked it. Um, oh, yeah. I like the fact they did a backstory on Michael and kind of, you know, they kind of, um, you can understand why he became psychotic or what, yes. what his, his, you know, growing up, his, uh, childhood, you can see why he would, he would be psycho and, and want to, uh, you know, do sadistic things, you know? Mm-hmm. I uh, agree. I, I actually really enjoy, I enjoyed the, the Rob Zombie one, the remake, the first one, I loved it. The second one, not so much. And in case you're looking for some new music, in case you didn't know about this, the, the guy who played uh, Michael Myers as a kid, he raps now. So, Really? Yeah. And it's funny because I met him at Scarecon a couple of years ago and didn't mention Halloween. I went there and I was like, you know, I want to get his autograph. I thought he did a good job in the movie. Didn't really talk about the movie at all. He just talked about his YouTube channel, which I don't remember what it's called, and his rap career. Like he's rapping now, and I was just like, "Oh, okay, that's cool." But I want to talk about Halloween. Like you did, I was like, "You're real cool in Halloween," and he's like, "Yeah, thanks." But then you know, check out my check out my YouTube and check out my rap, which I get it. Like you want to promote your stuff, cool. But give the fans what they want. Give us something about the movie, and then maybe give me a business card for your YouTube channel that I'm never gonna check out, or you know, then discuss it. But I figured I'd throw that out there in case you guys want to hear some hip hop music from this guy. I'm and it's funny because I met him a couple years ago um, at uh, Scarefest in Lexington, and uh, he, uh, it wasn't, I mean, he wasn't bad, you know, he didn't seem standoffish or anything. Oh, not but, at all. Um, of course, that was kind of his claim to fame was, um, you know, was, was Halloween. He was kind of like, you know, everybody's like, oh, I love you in Halloween. He's like, yeah, you know. And uh, you know, we're like, what are you doing now? I mean, we thought. You know, surely he's going to be probably, he's probably starting an episode of SVU or, you know, or, or maybe been on, um, you know, some popular television show at the time. Maybe he was still doing the acting thing. And um, he said, me and my mom were in a taco, uh, taco truck out of, like, Pasadena or something. And I'm like, that, that's it? Like, that's all you do? And he's like, yeah. He said, we just run a taco truck out of, like, Pasadena or, or somewhere in California. Wow. And I was like. So I was like, you haven't pursued acting or done anything else? He was like, no. He said, I, I, he said, I think he was like in maybe a commercial or, you know, or maybe some kind of a short film or something. But he said, other than that, he had never 
took up acting again. He was just that was just the only time he'd ever done it. Wow. Well, he raps so. now. He's actually going to be at the con I'm going to next month. Wicked. Uh, what the hell is it called? Wicked weekend out in Connecticut. He's going to be there. But you know, if I if I see him, I'll talk to him and say hi to him because we did the VIP thing again. So I'll definitely be rubbing elbows with people when I can. But I don't want to talk about his music career. <laughs> Like that's not yeah. going there for. Yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, I have, I would like to see him, you know, maybe possibly get into something else. Um, you know, if he's, I mean, he played he played a really creepy kid, you know, uh, creepy, you know, young Myers. Yeah, and I feel he could do more from that. I mean, different type of horror. I think he could be. I think he'd be really good in horror movies. And he's still young, and he's like skinny. He's like skinny, tallish, so he can still play like that young role, not like a, you know. a Pre- not preschool, what the hell is it, middle school, but like a high school kid, he could still play that role if he wanted to, or older, and I think he'd be, I think he'd really do a good job at playing that creepy asshole kid, or whatever, or the creepy murderer, or whatever, type of deal. Yeah, I just, like I said, I think, uh, you know, yeah, I, th- I think that's kind of where I think he's afraid of people is pigeonholing him into being, you know, the kid from, you know, from Bob Zombie's Halloween, you know, and I can kind of see some celebrities get kind of irritated because, but, you know, at the same time, I think they should be depreciative that, you know, that their acting was that good that they, you know, remembered for a particular role. But, you know, playing devil's advocate here, though, I can understand that they've done other roles and, you know, want to get recognized for those. Like like Kane Harder, for instance. First time I met Kane Harder, um, I had mentioned something about one of his uh, other roles. He did the uh, uh, BTK role and he was um he played Ed Gein. Oh. And uh so I and I actually, you know, when I went up to him I said, I, I, I really liked you and Ed Gein. I thought you did a hell of a job. And he was like and he had this like surprised look on his face like you didn't mention anything about Friday the thirteenth. I was like, no, because you you know, you you are a more versatile actor. You've actually starred in other movies that wasn't, you know, Friday the thirteenth or while you're you're playing some mindless killer, you know? Mm-hmm. Um He's had a ton of cameos in movies. Like, he was in Pumpkinhead, too. Yep. Um, you know, and he was in um, the uh, Jason Goes to Hell. Uh, he was actually, you know, he had a couple of roles in there. Freddy's I mean, besides Glove. Besides playing Jason. Freddy's Glove, and I think he was a cop or a security guard. guard in that. Yeah. Yeah, and so, you know, but he was he was really pleasantly surprised. He was like, oh. He was like, well, what did you like about it, you know? He, we sat and had a conversation about, you know, his, his roles as, you know, the BTK and... Um, and, uh, you know, in, in the uh, Ed Gein movies and stuff, he was like, you know, he said, I really appreciate your input. You know, he's like, most people just see me as Jason, and that's it, you know. Yeah. And um, so a lot of times if I if I see somebody that's popular that I may not have watched another film of theirs, I still try to research them and maybe watch the film so I can say, hey, I loved you in this movie. So that way they're like, oh, you know, I, I, I'm not one of the mindless people that, have only seen one film and one film only. I try to expand my palette a little bit here, um, and they they really you know are you know really appreciative of that. But and of course, there's some people actually that they like being you know known as the person from this movie. You oh know? yeah. Um, and they and they they really you know eat that up. Um, oh, definitely. Like, so you know it's 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 really it's kind of a crapshoot. I mean, some people you know you just have to really. I, that's why a lot of times before I go to cons, I like to talk to other folks that have met people that I haven't met yet and can say, okay, you know, what should I talk about? What should I, what, mm-hmm. what do I need to stay away from? 
Um, you know, a lot of people will say Linda Blair, she doesn't like to do the whole exorcist thing. She doesn't like to really talk about exorcist, you know. Even though that's kind of her claim to fame. And I know she's done other films and she was really good at them. But they don't, she doesn't like the fact that she has been pigeonholed as the, the chick from Exorcist, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that's why a lot of people, you know, they say, you know, she, when they go to cons and they mention that, she gets really upset about it. But, you know, that's, you did a really fantastic job and it's an iconic movie, you know. That's a staple in a lot of horror things, libraries, you know. Definitely. You know, so. Well, you know, but you have to kind of expect that kind of thing, you know, and if you don't like what that, you know, what you're doing with that, you know, and don't like that attention, then stop doing cons, you know, mm-hmm. stay, stay out of the limelight kind of thing. Yeah, I, I get, I mean, you can get it from both perspectives because they want to be known for more than that. But like you're saying, it's like if this is this was your claim to fame, this is your iconic role. Just eat it up. Just, you know, hey, cool. Thank you. Here's your autograph, blah blah blah. Here's how I felt about this movie, but I was also in this. Oh, let me go check that out. Because some people, some there is times where people just don't know that they were in other movies, like you were just saying, like, hey, I was also in this, or I'm gonna be in this movie coming. Out. Like, okay, I'm gonna check that out too. I mean, yeah, like Courtney Gaines. Uh, I met him uh, at Scarefest uh, a couple years ago, and um, he didn't act like he was too thrilled about being known as uh, I think it was, it was he Malachi, mm-hmm. um, Children of the Corn. Um, he wasn't crazy about people coming up and saying, hey, it's the guy, this Malachi from Children of the Corn. But actually looking at his, um, you know, some of his, his uh, stills that he had laid out there, uh, he was in Back to the Future. He was in, um, um, it, was a, it was a World War II plane movie, um, Memphis Bell. Um, he, was actually one of, he was actually like one of the bombardiers in one of the, one of the uh, B-52 bombers, you know. Oh, cool. And uh, so I'm like, you know, I told him, I was like, you know, dude, I'm sorry. I, you know, I didn't realize that you were really that much of a versatile actor. And he was kind of the, kind of my springboard for me to start researching the, a lot of these actors and actresses before I meet them to see, you know, um, where, you know, like what, uh, what, what else they've been in, what else would I enjoy watching them in or, you know, uh, and some of them, like I said, some of them don't like to be pigeonholed in the fact that they just, they do, they, their main claim to fame was horror. Some of them just try to break out of that mold and do like again. Courtney Gaines did. Um, you know, he was in Memphis Belle. That's a, that's a really a damn good World War Two movie. If you if you you know if you're into World War Two, um, and he was you know, again he was a fantastic actor in that. I had no idea, you know. So I, I kind of feel like a dick, you know, running up to him and saying, "Oh, hey, it's the guy from uh, you know Children of the Corn." Yeah. You know, so uh, you know, but yeah, he yeah he's. He's definitely got a whole other, you know, whole other layer that, you know, that people don't know about. So that's that's cool though. Like I think that I'm actually gonna start doing trying to start doing that. Like just look at instead of watching like Friday the thirteenth for the millionth time, watch another movie Kane Hodder was in, or instead of watching Sleepaway Camp again, watch something else Felissa Rose was in and you know, well anybody else that I plan on meeting at this con next month or that I know I'm gonna at least bump head, you know, bump elbows with, or rub elbows with, and just check other things out and bring that up when I talk to them. Like, hey, it was I seen you in such and such a movie? That was that was cool. That was good. You were great in this too, but you know, I seen you in this as well. Yeah, I mean, and you and you will be surprised at like, you know, I mean, you you can make friends really really quick with some of these celebrities, and you know, and be one of their favorite, you know, because because a lot of times if you if you make a big enough impression they'll remember you next time you come around mm-hmm. say they say they come to the same con that you go you know or maybe show up at a different con that you happen to attend if you make a big enough impression on them they're gonna recognize you and they're going to you know like I, mean, I got several celebrities 
they remembered me because, you know, again, I spell off a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of useless horror trivia, but the fact that, you know, I actually knew more of their obscure roles or maybe I remembered something they said from a, you know, a, a movie that was, you know, not that, you know, not that great or maybe not that obscure, the fact that I took the time to research them, actually, you know, it, it does, you know, say a lot about, you know, I'm really, you know, into your work, you know, kind of mm-hmm. thing. And they'll remember that. They do. They do. And I, I think I just, I just love it, man. Like, I love these cons. I love doing this podcast and meeting cool fans. It's, it's, it's so crazy how horror brings so many of us people together. The crazy, like I said, we watch the craziest shit people watch as far as movies go. And we're like some of the nicest people in the world. I mean, it's uh, it's definitely like you know when it comes to you know, you know being dedicated to your craft kind of thing. You know, I mean, I just I, you know I always kind of put myself into zombie movies and stuff, and that was kind of the thing that I always you know was into was zombie movies. And I like some slasher films. I like some you know werewolf movies and things. Um, but I, over time. You know, I'm kind of like, it's kind of been done to death, you know. I mean, after a while, you're kind of like, uh, I, need, I really need to start breaking out and looking at other you know, other genres or other, you know, um, other types of horror, I guess. And so that's why, you know, I started expanding my palette and started you know, researching a lot of these films and things and, like, you know, uh, some of the actors and actresses. And, um, you know, it's kind of like the whole um, Amazon. When you start watching movies on Amazon Prime, it has a other customers have watched yep. and it actually show like movies that were either made by the same person, same director or had the same actors and actresses in it or same theme, same year, same, you know, whatever. Um, so it's kind of where, it, and, you know, being on how my mind works, I get into the rabbit hole. Um, that's how I found it. And uh, interestingly enough, how I found a lot of things on YouTube that I like, you know, short films and things. Mm-hmm. Whereas I get in a rabbit hole, I'll start watching, you know, how to, you know, how to um, change a, you know, spark plug in my, you know, Nissan and then eventually end up into watching some sort of documentary on how they shot a fan film, you know, uh, about Friday the 13th. You know, it's, it's just, yeah, it's how my mind works, dude. It's like, you know, I absorb all this, you know, useless horror trivia and stuff and, and you know, but I can't tell you like something I did last week, you know, <laughs> I can't tell you like any of my schedule or anything last week what I did, so... You know, it's just, it's funny because that's, you know, having, you know, having ADHD, that's how my mind operates. It's like it clings to certain things and other stuff, you know. It just, yep. Yeah, stuff I probably should know, like, you know, I should probably know every traffic law out there. But in order to make room, I might forget certain things and kind of push that out, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just need to know how to drive to and from work, so, you know, I'm good. You're good. I don't, you know, I don't need all the interstate rules and, like, you know, all the, um, you know, yield and all that stuff. I don't need to remember all that. I, just, I need to put more phantasm trivia in my head, so I'll just kick the other stuff out, you know. I, I agree. I agree. <laughs> I'm with you 100% on that. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. Aaron, what'd you do yesterday? Uh, I watched a bunch of horror movies. Well, what'd you do last week? Same thing. I mean, I don't even know if I could go probably that detail with it. I mean, I'm like, I worked, I think. Yep. I mean, I remember leaving the house, but I don't remember exactly what I did. So, um, you know, but that, that's, that's kind of where, you know, um, yeah. I guess that's why that a lot of times. And I got a friend of mine, um, his son has got autism, and this kid can go toe-to-toe with me on horror trivia. He's like a machine. Mm-hmm. And 
mean, like, he just, and he, he's like, I mean, he can, he can, he impresses me with some of his knowledge, because, like, he can tell you, like, if you, you bring up a random, say, Friday 13th, part five, he can tell you who directed it, who star, and I'm not talking, like, the main stars of the movie, he can tell you, like, the guy that did the lighting and the gaffing in the movie. That's amazing. Um, he can tell you, like, how much the budget was, how much they grossed that, you know, the first, you know, weekend it was released. Mm-hmm. I mean, dude's a machine. Like, just, I, I love talking to this kid. That's and, amazing. And uh, he's just like, you know, he's just a, he's a machine with this stuff. I'm like, you know, I thought I was, you know, you know, absorbed a lot of hard information and a lot of useless trivia, but, like, he just, he's just like, yeah, he's like a computer, dude. He just stores everything. It's just, it's phenomenal. And, yep, yep. I'm jealous, you know, like, I mean, I, 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 I want to be able to do that kind of stuff. Me too. Um, the closest thing I can get to is, um, like, I, I, I grew up in the 80s, you know, and listen to 80s music, so I can actually tell you, like, what artist, you know, what year it came out. That's kind of my thing, but, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah, he, but he's just, like, he's just, you know, does fantastic stuff, like, with, you know, with horror treatment. So, maybe at some point in time, I may actually have to uh, see if I can get him involved and uh, maybe, you know, because uh, there's, there's probably stuff that even I don't know, believe it or not. That he can tell you, which would be cool. <laughs> he, he will school me on it for sure. Hey, that's 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 awesome. You got you can learn from kids sometimes, and hey, he's more than welcome to come on. That'd be fun. That'd be awesome. One of my um, I guess we could wrap it up soon. But my uh, I guess you can say he's my nephew too. My friends, my brother's nephew, him, he into horror like that. Like I think the only horror movie he's seen was Poltergeist. But he likes the Dead Meat podcast. He likes watching the Kill Count, and he'll read a bunch of horror about, about a bunch of horror movies. He can tell you, like you're saying, same with this kid, and he has autism too. But and it's just crazy how like locked in they get with when they're inter- when he's interested in something. And it, right now it's horror. He's locked in. He studies. He'll, he'll tell you shit about a movie you've probably seen a million times that he's never seen, but tell you what happened in that movie, tell you a scene, tell you who was in it, something that you missed. And he'll say, yeah, well, this is this is what happened in this, and this is when this movie came out. This Same exact thing you said, so I know exactly what you mean. I'm just like, wait, when did you see this movie? Never. He's never seen this movie. He watched something on YouTube and just gets into that rabbit hole of just watching these movies, watching these watching these videos, sorry, YouTube videos, this, that, and the third, and boom. I'm like, he's an expert on this. So I want to get him on, I want to try to get him, somehow get him on at least a YouTube show, if not on a podcast. I think he would. I think he would have fun with that. Yeah, I guess like yeah, that's a, Chris. Chris, I love this kid though. He's just like yeah, he's he's a he's a machine, and and we'll we'll, we'll you know we'll banter back and forth on things. I'm kind of like you know I'll give him a movie. And I'm like okay, um, you know like I'll give him certain hints of the movie and stuff, and then he'll just like just start taking off with it, and like just and I can actually go jump on IMDb or you know wiki and you know and just. Boom, boom, boom! He just matches it all up, and just like, That's awesome. just phenomenal. Uh, yeah, I love this kid though. Like, so we we definitely, you know, we have, you know, a lot in common with like he's uh, he's into comic books as well. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm a big comic book nerd. Um, so he's he's really big into comic books and things, and we, we talk a lot about comics. And uh, yeah, just it just it just amazes me, like you know, and so it's, it's sort of how my mind operates. But a lot of people say, you know, what's it like to have ADHD? I said, well. The best accurate description I can give you is to take all your thoughts and put them in a nice, neat little Rolodex, and then take the Rolodex, throw it into a fan, and then start <laughs> slashing it with a samurai sword. That's that's about the, about the best way to describe how our minds work. Mm-hmm. 
thinking about <clears throat> Return of the Living Dead and then be thinking about I need to go get my oil changed in my car to, you know, I like to have a, a, a Euro from this Egyptian place here in town to, you know, I wonder if this shirt that I wore back when high school was in my, in my storage building. <laughs> it's just completely random thoughts, which... Again, you know, I mean, it's kind of awesome when I get to YouTube because I get these rabbit holes and I find all yep. kinds of neat stuff. So, but um, yeah, it, it, I, it's 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 infuriating sometimes, but you know, it's also it's just how my mind operates. Yeah, yep. And you learn to you learn to live with it and to figure it out in some ways, and make sure you get your oil changed. That's Embra- important. Embrace it, kind of thing. So yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> you have to. You embrace it. You crack jokes about yourself and. You learn, like I said, you learn to live with it and find out the great things about it. Shit, if it wasn't for that, you might not be into horror like you are. Yeah, I think that's something that I've kind of a. Uh, um, it, I don't know if I would say grow on. It grew on me. I think it was something that I was kind of yeah born into. Because my my dad again, you know, back when he was alive, whether he wanted to admit it or not, he was into horror movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my mom uh, was into horror movies, and uh, and she also liked to read. And my uncle's in horror movies, so I got a triple threat, you know, with watching horror movies and stuff. I mean, they started when I was like, like four or five years old. Started watching, you know, I started watching these movies. My uncle would bring over uh, a VHS or a Betamax player, and would start. We'd start watching, you know, uh, Creepshow and Predator and, and Poltergeist and Friday Thirteenth. So you know, I grew up watching this stuff, and, yep. and it was like, you know, I was completely just mesmerized. This this you know, uh, this whole world they introduced me to, you know, I'm, most kids are watching, you know, Sesame Street, Mr. Rogers, and I did watch that stuff, but I would much rather watch Friday the 13th and, you know, Halloween and The Thing, so, yep. Yep. it's just, it's just, it's just amazing, I just, I, I took off with it, and it's been something I've loved ever since then, and I've amassed uh, quite a, uh, quite a collection of, you know, props and, um, you know, magazines and things I've collected as a kid. I mean, I've got stuff that I've had since I was, like, six years old. That's awesome. So. <laughs> That's really cool. Like, me, as, as far as, I was always in the horror, but as far as collecting, I probably just started collecting stuff maybe in the past, I'll say 10 years tops. I mean, I've always gotten movies here and there, but as far as, like, getting, like, figures and masks, well, I don't have a lot of masks, but Jason masks and figures and stuff like that was like more recent more pretty much when i was working and can buy it on my own type of thing i mean i i, I would buy like uh <clears throat> fangoria was a, a big back in uh especially in the like the late 70s early 80s mm-hmm. and um i started buying those and then i bought uh a few of the famous monsters was a big one that i, I really enjoyed and which also kind of kick-started my love for uh universal studios monsters um and um, there was, um, of course, now they've got Rue Morgue out, which is a really, it's a fantastic publication. They, they, they used to throw those in with those uh, subscription boxes I used to yeah. get. And uh, they're, they're really an awesome magazine. And um, so I started collecting those. And then, of course, they had T-shirts they offered in the back of them and masks and things. And um, I saw I started ordering things from them, and which got developed into the... Um, Finding things like VHS tapes and stuff like these rare, you know, uh, rare horror movies, which again got me into some of the Italian zombie movies and stuff and Italian cinema. Mm-hmm. Um, 
other stuff, you know, it's funny you mentioned that you were talking about top ten kills. Um, I think one of the one of the top ten kills for me is actually an Italian film. Oh. Um, so that's something I'll we'll have to touch up on, you know, at a later date. But uh, definitely very very brutal kill, and it's very realistic looking. So. Oh. Um, it it still to this day kind of turns my stomach a little bit, and that says a lot because I don't think there's a horror movie out there, with the exception of this particular one, that can really make me make me cringe mm-hmm. watching it. So, and like I said, that's a whole other that's a whole other topic that we'll have to you know. Like I said we can we can make a whole other show on just this movie alone and the disturbing things about it. So I'm I can't wait. I'm excited. I cannot <laughs> wait for this. This like I said, this is going to be a really 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 fun thing. And between what I discussed with the guys the other day and what me and you discussed last week and earlier today when we were talking, there's a lot. <laughs> There's gonna be a lot of cool shit that people are gonna be like, "Holy shit, these guys are doing some cool ass shit with this." Yeah, I mean, we, we really we haven't begun to scratch the surface yet, though. I mean, with all the stuff that's you know that's out there, we, we we've got a whole other you know, not to mention the genres and the directors and you know, like yeah, we've we've got enough to keep us busy from here until the end of time. So and that's what we that's what I want to hear. That's what I want to do too. I want to. I want to get to the point where we're almost annoying to people because we're coming out with so much. <laughs> like, oh my god, you guys have more shit to talk. about? What the fuck? They have four hundred fucking episodes, eight hundred YouTube things, and what? What do they have to say next? Well, here you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, You can. You can. I'm sure that at some point we, you know, uh, what's that? Oh, um, uh, there's a. Well, the, I guess I can't remember what's called, but there's apparently there's some sort of a. Um, a theory that there apparently there's, you know, uh, if there's, I guess like a fetish for it, there's probably a movie for it kind of thing. Most of those references porn, but they actually do say there's one for horror too. Like if you, basically if you've, you know, if there's something out there that is scary or could be scary to somebody, they've made a horror movie about it at some yeah. point or they're going to. Exactly. So, I mean, you know, you know you'll, you'll touch on somebody's deep, dark, primordial fear or something they've, they've found interesting you know, like with, um, like I said, you know, the terrifier thing. I mean, you know, that's, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, people think clowns are scary and then you got one that's going around sawing people in half. Yeah. You know? So yeah, I mean, at some point in time, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to touch a nerve on somebody that's going to be like, Oh my God, I remember that movie when I was four. It scared <laughs> the hell out of me kind of thing. So yep. I can't wait for that. <clears throat> that's, that's the ones I can't wait for to get like the feedback. Like, wow, I haven't seen this movie since I was 10 years old. It scared the hell out of me. I forgot about it. Fuck you and thank you at the same time for bringing it up. You're welcome. <laughs> I, I used to work on a website though that um, the people would come in. It was they had a forums on there and they would come in and give you the most like like completely obscure, vague descriptions. Like they'd be like, "I watched this movie when I was like five, and I remember there was a demon in it, and there was you know this happened, and I remember seeing like you know a band like." you know, some kind of obscure band that was in the movie. Mm-hmm. And our job was to figure out what the hell they were talking about. Wow. Because these people would like, you know, I want to watch this movie again, but I don't remember, this is all I remember about it. And so we would sit there and deconstruct this, this, you know, vague description they would give us and then fire back and say, okay, this is the movie you're talking about. Um, awesome. We had a probably a 95% success rate. Like we would use almost every, every time nail the movie. And, um, Every so often, though, they would, they would, some people would come in there and be like, um, you know, I remember this one movie, and I think it was a short film, and it had this guy that was like, you know, the lights swinging back and forth, and it's like, you know, it kind of like when it, 
when the light goes this way, you can see the guy's like turning wrenches and he's screwdriving something and he's like doing this and he's working on something. <laughs> and I'm like, my God, I was like, I've heard this before. And come to find out, they had referenced a, uh, and I was the only one that caught this. Uh, it was a short uh, film they used to do for USA's Saturday Nightmares back in the early 80s. It was a little, like they'd do little shorts in between the commercial breaks. Oh, nice. Into the movies. And one of them was about a guy that was building a huge mousetrap. And at the end of it, he turns his head and lays it down on the mousetrap. And the, when the trap comes around, it smacks the light and breaks it. And you hear a snap. Oh, like the guy's neck snapping. And the way they did it was just, I mean, it was just, it's just mind blowing. It's so good. And, um, and the guy was like, holy crap, dude. He's like, I thought I was the only person that ever saw this. I'm like, no, I, I remember it really well. And, um, that's cool. That's cool. You know, and it's just like, it's just so fantastic to be able to people remember stuff like this. Cause I, I thought for years I was crazy that, you know, nobody remembered USA Nightmares or Up All Night or Night Flight or any of these old shows I used to watch. Mm-hmm. But slowly but surely a lot of these people are starting to come out of the woodwork and like, oh, yeah, I remember Saturday Nightmares. And, you know, somebody messaged, messaged me the other day and was like, hey, do you remember an old show in USA called Saturday Nightmares? And I'm like, thank you, I'm not crazy. <laughs> you know, it's kind of a big deal back here where the show existed and some weird time paradox disappeared and I'm... The only crazy one who remembers that show, so. I like that, man. I like that a lot. But uh, I guess we can wrap this one up. I'm going to go eat and hang out with the wife for a little bit before she falls asleep because she has to work tomorrow and I don't. And I got to rub that in her face a little. But this was a good time, man. And I, this is, like I said, like we both said, this is just the beginning. I cannot wait to see where this goes. And, oh, uh, man, thank you for coming on, though. I appreciate you having me here. And like I said, if uh, and anybody's listening out there, it's Veterans. Happy Veterans Day. I think that's tomorrow. So, yes, happy Veterans uh, Day, and thank uh, you. One military man to, to all the other military men and women out there. Thank you for your service. Thank you very much for your service. Everybody that's involved in the military in any way, shape, or form. Everybody's family that are involved, involved in the military in any way, shape, or form. I appreciate it. I respect it. I love it. Thank you. And I know, I'm pretty sure everybody has family that's been in the military, whether it be your great grands up down till you know, your, your parents. So anyway, thank you. My hat's off to all of you guys. I appreciate that. So like I said, but, uh, yeah, again, like I said, I appreciate everybody's tuning in. And, um, you know, when, if you guys, uh, like I said, when we post the podcast up, if you guys want to give some feedback, if something that you want us to touch up on or expand on or discuss, but love to hear your feedback on that too. Um, I I love it when people come out from my live feeds and like you know, hey, you know, could you discuss you know this? You mentioned you touched on this subject. You know, could you expand on it? So please, by all means, you know, message us. Let us know what you want to hear. Um, you know, tell your friends about us and stuff, so we can uh, definitely. Yeah, you know, we can definitely get some get some serious discussions going on. And if you ever want to be a guest with us, and that's it's me, it's Jason, and there's four other lovely people who go, who will be on this. Shoot me, you know, horror with sir thirty, horror with sir dot thirty at gmail dot com. Shoot me an email, or I'm sure you can message any of the other guys. Hey, we'd like to do an episode with you guys, and we'll make it happen. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fan friendly. And the only person that's not welcome on here is Nicholas Cage and Corey Feldman. Anybody else? <laughs> Hit me up. <laughs> but uh, do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, like I said, yeah, we um, we're starting to ramp up on Scarefest, um, and it's uh, it's gonna be in Lexington, Kentucky. If you guys are interested or close by, um, and uh, we're still working out hashing out some of the uh, celebrities, but I think what we've got lined up this year is gonna really knock it out of the park. So 
Um, yeah, be sure to check us out on that. Uh, there's a, actually a ScareFast page on Facebook. Um, if you get on there, like I said, we'll uh, be announcing some, uh, hopefully, some uh, announcements soon with some of the celebrities and things. But we're going to we're, we're going to a unique, um, you know, a unique dynamic this year. So we're going to we're trying to mix it up a little bit and get some people in there that we have been dying to have in there that you guys have really been bugging us for. Nice. So. You know, I hope that, um, you know, everybody's going to be thrilled about this one, at least, you know, excited as I am. Awesome. And feel free to share that in the in the, uh, the Horror Research 30 group, the Share Fest stuff and all that awesome horror, st- anything horror related, as you know, to get it out there and get people to see it. And definitely, definitely go check that out. And I don't know when he's going to start doing these Facebook Live videos, but he's going to have to share them in the group because I want him to. <laughs> but uh, you got to check out his Facebook Live videos. He'll, he usually does them on Fridays, and he has the masks. You see in these movies, they're fucking amazing. And he'll just go on there, talk about them, show them, and just talk some horror with you guys. So definitely be on the lookout for that. I'm sure he'll be doing that soon. And keep supporting, keep supporting horror, all different areas of horror from the top to the bottom. Any podcast you listen to, not just this one, any YouTube channel you watch, not just mine, any anything horror-related, go check it out. Support it. Back these indie horror films. And as always, I'll see you in your nightmares. <laughs>